0: Hi, I'm your host, Tom DeSavia. Join me as interview guests from music and entertainment from around the world about what they're up to right now. Stay tuned, because we're Gone in 30 Minutes. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Gone in 30 Minutes. I am incredibly excited to have my friend, Fiona Bevan, join us today all the way from London, England. We have a couple of guests. Uh, coming from the other side of the pond, but you were the first to arrive. What is it? Is it is it January there? What's the time? What time <laughs> it is
1: definitely feels like January <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice to um to virtually visit LA today. Thank you. <laughs> I,
0: mean, I would have seen you. I was thinking I'd seen you like probably four or five times in the time we've been gone, and it's just it's so good to see your face.
1: Yeah. Oh, you so too! Beautiful. Isn't it extraordinary how much we miss everybody and how this has just become normal, like this screen time, so crazy. I know,
0: and I said, like I've said this on this show a couple of times. That my favorite part about this is it gives me an excuse to actually just have a conversation with people, and, yeah. and you know, and just yeah. talk well, Fiona has just for everyone out there who doesn't already know, she is she has written with or for such artists as One Direction, The Shires, James Morrison, Tom Walker, Lewis Capaldi, Aurora, Natalie Press. Backstreet Boys, Steps, Mika, and Five Seconds of Summer. And I've left out a ton of others. Uh, Ed Sheeran. Oh, that guy. Yeah, Ed Sheeran. Um, So we're going to get into everything about you and life and all that. But what are you doing right now?
1: Well, right now, it's the beginning of the evening. It's chucking down with rain outside. Um, I'm eyeing up a bottle of red wine. And fending off a big fat ginger cat who keeps trying to sit on my lap and um jump on the laptop.
0: <laughs> Not fending off the cat with the bottle of wine though. There's nothing like <laughs> all the great or-
1: weapons.
0: <laughs> how is it? How is how is the rain? Are you a rain person? Do you like it?
1: I I'm a rain survivor.
0: <laughs> rain survivor is, is it. I will yeah. Tolerate rain. I was looking, as as one does during this time. I was looking at different places to live, and I was looking. I was like, okay, if if all goes belly up in the world, where would I go? And I'm looking at the most sunlight in the world, and I think I want to put Denver, Colorado. So I need to talk to yeah. yeah, I would have or, thought
1: LA was up there, though. Surely.
0: Oh, it is. It is. That's just if the zombie apocalypse happens uh-huh. and I have to kill it out. It's like yeah, Denver yeah. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Well, one thing I wanted to kind of get into, and and, and with these, you don't put a whole lot of research into them, and it's more just talking to folks uh, about life and the their creative world, and I, I, I kind of realized, I met you, I'm coming on about three years ago, yeah. I came to London, uh, they set up a meeting with some of our writers that were there, and they played me a bunch of songs you, 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 you wrote, and then played me your artist stuff, which just flipped me out. And I remember the whole time we just started talking about artists we liked and who you, so I just, but I just realized I really don't know much about your origin story. Like,
1: ah, okay.
0: Tell me your origin story. How did you become oh. a superhero?
1: In the universe, <laughs> there was a planet, which was quite strange and quite sparkly and quite bassy and organic and anyway that's where i was born (laughs) (laughs) um well i suppose i've always been in bands and you know i started writing songs when i was about 12. always been in bands since i was about 14 and you know like Learn how to play a bass guitar, like on stage in a gig kind of thing. You know, really, really like DIY bands, quite punky, rocky, right. um, but always like lots of harmony and thinking about melodies and always trying to, and really we were writing pop songs, I suppose, because, you know, I hadn't really been exposed to many different types of music at that point. And um...
0: What were you listening to when you were, when you were 12?
1: Um, well, I guess... I was brought up on you know Cole Porter and um really old songs from the the old Hollywood musicals and black and white film era and and like a bit of classical a little tiny bit of jazz um, but not really any Beatles or Rolling Stones or Joni Mitchell or anything and so mm. so I was kind of in this process of like reconstructing. And I suppose maybe I'm still... Maybe everybody is in that process. Everyone who's into music is, like, trying to fill in the gaps. Like, for ages, I didn't know any Rolling Stones. (laughs) You know, it's, like, so weird. And, you know, I remember so clearly the first time I heard a Joni Mitchell song in my friend's car, and I was just completely blown away. And, you know, those moments are so life-changing. Like, the first time I heard a Leonard Cohen song, and I was like, wait, I have to listen to that again. Like, what was that lyric? Like, what what finger-picking is he doing? You know, so it's like those really like seminal moments and I think I was I guess I was listening to a lot of you know Smashing Pumpkins and Radiohead and Nirvana and Blur and Pulp and that that kind of era music when I was just getting into bands but then I kind of chilled out and got a bit more folky as I got a little bit older and and now I I suppose I'm into everything I'm into everything and it's like I that's why That's why it's amazing to write songs for so many different artists. But, like, when it comes to doing your own project, you're trying to piece it together in a way that somehow represents who you are. And that's so odd because you can do anything. You
0: know what I mean? Does that happen when when you set out to write? Because I don't really even know a lot about your process. I know the results of your process. (laughs) But when you um, set out to write for someone else, do you find yourself kind of disengaging from body and kind of saying, okay, I'm going...
1: Yeah. I'm
0: I, now I'm going to write a script or?
1: Yeah, actually I sort of, I do a lot of leaving my ego at the door and leaving myself at the door in some weird way. And I think I do a lot of work to try and really get inside that person's head and life story. And I try and get them to tell me their secrets and, and write something that really means something to them. And, and so they can feel it. Um But I think, in some ways you have to deny yourself to be able to do that you know you sort of you can't be always making it sound like one of your songs you really have to put it aside and it's so odd and i you know i love doing it and i love helping an artist kind of like go through that process but like recently it's become way more important to me to express something from inside of me and you know, get my ego back from the door, you know, from the doorway.
0: Do you mean, do you mean recently, like, in COVID time? Do you well, you know,
1: yeah, was- I suppose, like, yeah, I started writing an album. I mean, I'd already definitely started, like, a year ago, like, last summer. But I think during COVID, you know, I tried to do a few Zoom sessions with people. Um, but it was just so awful, and it was such a... I was already trying to like go deep inside production and learn a bit more and get a bit better. I suppose it was just an amazing time with no FOMO of like anything happening (laughs) to just completely dive in and like actually try and record some of these songs i would written for myself and then write some new ones as well. And so now I'm like way closer to finishing an album. It's extraordinary. And I mean, I don't know how it's, it's just tiny piece by tiny piece, but now I'm looking at, a hole, and thinking, okay, it's almost like it's almost an album, you know, out of such dark times, you know, it's so odd that something bright and shining has happened.
0: Well, it, it is and it isn't. I mean, and that's one of the things I think. You know, I've been finding that in a lot of these discussions and just discussions with people there's there's almost a guilt to finding a silver lining in this because look the, yeah. the situation is 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 horrible and it's dire and it's it's sad and we all find ourselves bursting into tears or fits of rage yeah, yeah. and in between that there are things and i mean it, the and i think a lot of people have found this this reconnection with family or reconnection with friends or reconnection with a hobby and. You know, the other day I, I read a great article saying Fender sold more guitars during COVID than they have in their entire history. Wow. Yeah, right? So great. So, so well, and so going back to your thing, I mean, what? because I, I ask a lot of people this because I think it's important for listeners too to this and, and everyone to just sort of come together in this sort of group therapy session. Yeah. When, when this first happened, I mean, were you blocked? Were you just like.
1: Yeah. I mean, what, I was in total. Well, for a little while, I was in total denial, like I wouldn't even buy a mask, I just didn't go out, and then and then we went into proper lockdown, so we couldn't go out anyway, and I was still, when they kind of eased lockdown, I was like, okay, I guess I better buy a mask, but you know, like I, I was definitely really blocked, and I made it sound, like just then, I just made it sound like I was really inspired, but in terms of writing, it took me a really long time like weeks and weeks before I could really write something, especially write something about what was going on. Like I hadn't really processed it yet. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think the feeling I've never felt such collective stress and anxiety and depression from like everybody I know, you know, like everybody I know like was was going through something awful and their job was on the line and or they were totally on their own. And like every musician I know was just like, Totally freaking out, all the gigs were cancelled. You know, it was just like it was really apocalyptic, wasn't it? And yeah. I think it's quite shocking, and I think it, it is trauma, and we've been through it together, but everybody's got their own different experiences of it. And, um, you know, I've lost a couple of people that I know as well during this time from COVID, and that was really shocking, like people my age, you know, and mm-hmm. that was really shocking. So then you're like, what do I believe? I've been reading a lot about fake news and trying to work out like what, you know, you, you start getting sucked into like conspiracy theories or like, I don't know the whole world has this such a bonkers feeling right now. So you're just trying to hang on to like family and friends and like hang on to reality, <laughs> whatever that means. It's just totally nuts, isn't it?
0: My friend, uh, a songwriter that I, it was like my kid brother's guy named Richard Edwards said to me once, "He's like, it's really unusual watching everyone, you know, go a little crazy. Yeah. And and, yeah. and I, it just really resonated with me because I think it was at a point when I was uh, like texting with him and going like, ah, you know, this is. Yeah. yeah. But it, it is. It's such a, um, it's such an interesting. And then you, you, you had those moments too, where you, where you did have moments of pleasure, moments of laughter that then yeah. you guilty about it and i was saying to someone sort of like i mean not to go to an incredibly dark analogy but when my father died it was only my dad that died so all my friends were there to help me out everyone was there to like prop me up and to cheer me up and to to uh, keep me going and this was like everybody's everybody's pop went and no one could help each other for a while And i want to go into the positivity of it, so then did, did you have like, was there a moment where just you got hit and you were like bound of creativity? Were you writing with someone? Were you alone? Like what point did it sort of lead you back in? Well,
1: quite an important thing that happened really near the beginning of lockdown was, um, so I was living with, well, at the beginning of lockdown, I basically started living with a singer songwriter called Adam Beattie and a cinematographer called Simon Minette, And we basically formed this little bubble and, um, and because gigs were just starting to turn into live streams and there were a few people trying it out, we did a couple, and then I was like, I've got this red curtain, maybe we can try and like nail it up onto the wall. And I was like, Simon, have you got any um have you got some nails? And he was like, Okay, hold on. Bring the van to this address. And we were like, What? And he filled up the van with all these like movie set lights and dolly tracks and movie cameras and like red velvet curtains like you can see in the background like fairy lights and we basically made a live stream theater studio in the house so this whole room is like yeah it's a it's a theater um with like studio sound so we plugged it all in we every week we just spent hours and hours like researching how the hell to live stream and like things like bit rates and like very exciting things
0: (laughs) Well, that that wipes off the question. Where have you been doing those shows yeah. from? Wow! Yeah, yeah.
1: So we called it Red Velvet because it's just like yeah, it's a little, little sexy boudoir.
0: <laughs> it's good. Cool. Well, how, it how was it? for you to do? Because it's funny. I I've, I've watched several of them, and and oh, you, thank you, you able to, but you were able to connect to an audience, and which is yeah. think, a really challenging thing for some people.
1: Yeah, it was really hard at first. But I think as soon as we worked out that you have like an iPad or a phone really near, like right next to you, so you can actually see comments and then you can yeah. ask people a question and see the re- replies and actually engage with people, that's kind of a strange knack. But once you once you start doing it, you realize it's actually way more interactive than a normal gig. And someone will go, someone will, people are quite, um uninhibited and they'll go, oh my God, I'm crying. This reminds me of this moment or like or oh, love this one or like, you know, or they'll tell you something funny that's going on in their house. Or so it became like a really sweet sharing thing. And then loads of people started making friends on the comments. And because we were doing these gigs like every week. Like I'd be Saturday night and Adam was Sunday night. And for a lot of people, it became their little routine that was getting them through lockdown. Mm-hmm. And the same people were watching and like basically making friends. It was so cute. There might even have been a romance on the comments. Yes. I don't know if it transferred into real life. I need some more gossip on that, actually.
0: This <laughs> is, and you've just nailed it, one of those silver linings that I wanted to talk about was the sense of, I, I was watching uh, my friend, Rhett Miller, friend and your fellow Concord writer, yeah. at started doing them right he just had his hundredth show and and when i started the first one i watched was literally i think he did it on the 13th of march it was right away wow. and sort of motivated by panic sort of like oh yeah. yeah. my god just got cancelled what am i gonna do yeah and i just sat there on the couch just sobbing just going like oh my god this is beautiful and awful and it made me feel good and rotten and yeah. then it, I found this community started to grow. And every time I went in there, it was the same group of friends and, and, yeah. and it did it became this really comforting thing. I love yeah. I had no idea that was in your home.
1: Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna take it down now. This is it. No, it's
0: gotta <laughs> say. It's gotta say. What, uh, And and you've you've transitioned into some actual live shows recently, yeah? Yeah,
1: so over the summer, um, we started doing a few little gigs in, like, pub gardens and really outdoor things. And then um, last weekend, I did a gig in a beautiful church, um, and I had an actual real-life audience there, like 26 people, but really spread apart in a really responsible way, and everyone had their masks on. Um, And we live-streamed it as well, but it was just the best feeling in the world to actually have an, an audience there okay. and it was really emotional like I almost cried about four times during that gig but, you right. know it was really joyful and like because it's such a small crowd it was really like interactive and like I love a good heckle you know like a, a happy, a happy <laughs> heckler is my favorite thing because it gives you like a lot of stuff to work with right. but it's gorgeous yeah so we're gonna try and do a few more of them as long as we don't go back into like proper proper yeah. lockdown we're going to try and do like, you know, a little festival of gigs or something um, at this church, you know, because it's so gorgeous. But.
0: Do you find a community of other performers like gathering to try to figure out how to do stuff overseas, like in your community?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I think for some musicians, I, I feel like it was such a shock. They didn't really know how to respond to it. And I think also a lot of people tried live streaming and like really hated it and had a bad time. So, so, you know, we've had a couple of people around here to this Red Velvet Theatre to try and do some live streams in a, in a really, like, well-set-up environment, and that's been great for them. Mm. Um, but it, it, it is weird. There's People don't really know what to do, and they don't know whether to make plans because a lot of things, you know, the, the rules keep changing and everything goes to pop, you know. So it's, like, it's a really weird vibe. And I, mm. I think our ethos now is to just, like, try and do some stuff if it gets cancelled, it gets cancelled. for me, it feels so much better to like make some plans and try mm-hmm. and keep positive and keep pushing forward and try and just keep giving people the music and the love and the togetherness, whether it's in in person or online. You know, because I can't bear to just not make any plans. It's too depressing. You know,
0: I I, com- I completely agree, and I love that you are staying. in. so this, it's funny that the I can't imagine a million people have said this, but I can't imagine going through what we're going through now in an yeah. age of not having this kind of communication, somewhere yeah. where I can't, you know, yeah. it, even though I'm not talking every day, I can kind of check in with you every day. I can kind of see, you know, like, okay, yeah. I sort of, you know, you could sort of gauge where people are. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I want to go back to this point with these, I don't do research because the whole idea is I just, we just want to talk, but yeah. um, my intrepid producer, uh, Laura, before we got on, had mentioned uh, that you and Ed came from, Ed Sheeran came from the same small town. Is this true?
1: Well, we came from the same county, actually, okay. but we didn't know each other, weirdly. Well, I mean, it's quite a big county, but we didn't know each other till we both lived in London, and we were just on the same little singer-songwriter scene, and that's how we met. So we did a lot of gigs together, you know, when he first moved to London.
0: Where is the county? sorry where's this county
1: it's called Suffolk in England it's kind oh,
0: of, I've it's, heard of that
1: yeah it's probably like a 100 miles from London or 80 right. miles from okay
0: London. and I it's just
1: side. it's you know it's little market towns and villages and cute little old pubs and fields and you know it's very pretty and it and, feels a world away from London
0: <laughs> okay. and so is that where you grew up is that where you were Were getting moving Songs through yeah. movies on, on the telly?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we grew up really, really in the middle of nowhere. I mean, not like how the middle of nowhere in America is, because that can be so, so remote. But, I mean, you know, we, we grew up a few miles from anywhere, like no real neighbours, and we made a lot of noise and a lot of mess. And we're quite creative, quite an outdoor, like creative childhood with my siblings. It was really good, and I think, I think that's how... I learned to just bang around on the piano and
0: like. I was just saying, did it start with piano for you? Was that the first instrument?
1: Yeah, my mum told me recently that like, when I was about four, I said to her that I wanted piano lessons, which I don't remember at all. And she was like, okay. And there was this woman in the village who taught piano. And so like, I started having little lessons where you like, just play middle C, like, you know. But um, I remember really, really distinctly, like the first time I kind of composed something and I put together a few chords and I was like, oh wow, that sounds really nice. And I was probably like really young, like five or six or something, but it's quite a strong memory of that buzz of like, I just made something up. I mean, it was probably like the most normal chord sequence in the world.
0: Yeah, or, but, like,
1: you know, for me, it was fresh and new, you know, so mad, yeah. With,
0: who, um, who inspires you now? Who do you, Who's out there now that you really find?
1: Well, Okay, I mean so many it could be, be,
0: be new or it could be someone you just discovered.
1: Okay. Well, there's a few people. I mean, Bjork is always a massive inspiration to me because she's always thinking so far ahead and thinking outside of the box and you know, I think her production is amazing and she's just carved out such a wonderful niche as a total weirdo, which I'm like okay. <laughs> she's amazing. Um Okay, who else do I love? I mean, Joni Mitchell is one of my big, big total weirdos who I love. Um, I kind of love all the total weirdos, really. Radiohead, you know, forever. Um, I suppose, who else do I love at the moment? Um, I've been working with this girl called Joy Crooks, who is a total weirdo. (laughs) She's incredible. incredible. So like, I'm sure the world is gonna hear about her soon. She's absolutely amazing. I think as a female songwriter and performer, it's been really important for me to kind of like find my my goddesses, and like if I you know if I was ever about to walk on stage and feeling really like low self esteem or low confidence, I would like think of my pantheon of goddesses, and and that was like you know Joni Mitchell and Kate Bush and um, Joanna Newsom and um, and Bjork and and um, Billie Holiday and. And thinking of those cool women like gave me power and gave me strength to like go on stage and try and do something that was me. So that's that's really. But yeah, I'm always trying to like find all the new cool stuff. And there's so many. There's too
0: many. It's
1: It's funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know. I was saying to someone the other day, like when this first started, it was very comfort food for me. Meaning, I was only listening to rumors. Like yeah. <laughs> I can't bring new things in, and then it sort of tripped it out. And there's, um, there's, yeah, it's been. It's funny because as a someone who's a pretty voracious reader, the the whatever the the anti silver lining to me is, I've had a really tough time reading doing this thing. My brain's just moving Ooh. so fast. Yeah, and That's it's been, yeah. been a drag. So I've always been yeah. such a great reader, but I find that my my specifically my vinyl intake has gotten more because i know it's I'm active listening and i've got about 20 minutes per side yeah and it was funny and i just one of the catalogs i just revisited which i realized had been so long was uh the kate bush catalog Uh, and i had about about a week and a half where i was just like holy hell why why aren't we all just like running around with neon signs with her name especially all (laughs) of them just yeah just yeah Incredible, incredible artist. Yeah. Well, we're now to the uh, humiliating part of the show that we like to call the lightning round. Because <laughs> people have asked, so people, one person has asked, I've mentioned on this show that I have Sammy Davis Jr.'s hat. Wow, um, it's it seems, great. It's true, it's true. It's an Abercrombie & Fitch hat. I don't know one from my buddy Mark Hutner who works at uh, ASCAP about number years ago, gave it to me for my birthday. It went to an estate sale and I've had it sitting there and now... I feel to use and since you grew up on basically music through movies. Yeah. Important to tell you the story. So I'm just asking a bunch of questions, sort of uh word association and, and you can pass answer and we're just gonna go fast. If you had to choose one animal to help you in a fight, what animal would you choose? Quickly, go. Raccoon. Raccoon. <laughs> Excellent. Just one, or would you would you would you have a what is it called? A murder of raccoons? I don't know what a group yeah, is. I want
1: a murder, then we'd win for sure.
0: <laughs> Uh, What kind of cult would you like to start?
1: Oh, really free love um, and like just totally hippie, maybe no corruption though, unlike a lot of cults. Just like so hippie, yeah.
0: Maybe no corruption. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What fictional character do you wish you could meet? Oh. Fictional.
1: Oh God.
0: No, come on, you're on. (laughs)
1: Wait, um
0: You're on live from 30 minutes. Everyone's waiting for your answer. Fictional character. I don't
1: know. I sort of want to say God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a good one. Local, uh, one. would probably be John <laughs> McClane from Die Hard, which I'd put in the same category. <laughs> um I like asking this question of, of folks just because I'm uh can you pick something up with your toes?
1: I definitely can. Yes. Do you want a demonstration? We're,
0: we're, yeah. <laughs> we're an army, but <laughs> to know. I've had a couple of people recoil and Oh, first celebrity crush.
1: Um I think it was Will Smith, actually. Excellent.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, this would go into what celebrity do you admire and why?
1: Um, oh um well, I think Greta Thunberg is amazing. I mean she's become a celebrity because she's so amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, she's who sprang to mind. I love,
0: I, I love that. I love <laughs> that. Yeah. Plus one. When was the last time you stayed up past four in the morning?
1: Uh, about two nights ago. <laughs> 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 well, I've got these
0: little. squidgy eyes. <laughs> like, every bed, like my dog's confused. It's like nine o'clock. I'm like, well, and we just we just head off. Uh, <laughs> ask permission or beg forgiveness. Hmm. I'm
1: probably ask permission. Okay. Because I don't like to beg.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um. Are or were your grandparents mildly rude? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) In a positive way.
1: Whether they knew it or not, yeah. Some (laughs) of them. Sort of an
0: admirable rude way, or in a.
1: Um. I guess my grandpa was very funny. I don't know, and I suppose sometimes. One of my grandparents would do that thing where they were kind of like a little bit, they would say things that were a little bit off, and you'd be like, it, and it wasn't a joke, and you'd be like, oh, I don't think you can say that, you know? So, yeah, rude, yeah. Good, perfect. <laughs>
0: good, good, good. What's the best type of cheese? What's that? What's the best type of cheese? Stilton. Stilton.
1: Blue. Blue. blue, blue. Like dirty, <laughs> filthy, moldy cheese, yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> First album you bought? 19, was uh,
1: it was Ash, nineteen
0: seventy-seven.
1: Nice
0: you one. Seen that album? Yeah. What <laughs> album? London is so much cooler. What's one song you wish you wrote?
1: Um. Okay, hold on, hold on. Well, what a wonderful world.
0: <sighs> I've been thinking about it so
1: much. It, it just makes me make cry somehow. Even though all the words are really like positive, but it's just like oh, it's so achy. God.
0: I knew so- I loved you. One of my favorite songs of all time. Oh, yeah. that, what's, that, your other,
1: what's your that, other favorite song of all time?
0: Willen, uh, written by Little Feet, well, or Lowell George, performed by Little Feet, but the Linda Ronstead version of Willen. It's the okay. best um, best truck driver anthem ever. It's, it's beautiful. Listen to okay. it Willin. Okay, I will, yeah.
1: Um,
0: okay, I think I got time for, we got 30 seconds. Let me see how many I can get in here. Uh, if there's a spider in your house, do you kill it or set it free?
1: A what, in my house? Yes. <laughs> a what?
0: do you kill it or set it free kill what? It? the spider a spider
1: oh i set them free
0: you set them free see you weren't lying about your cult um, uh, if you could have one superpower what would it be
1: invisibility no it, i would live forever but young <laughs> <And hot>. <laughs> <laughs> And I'd be so rich as well. Just
0: like so rich, but kind. Kind but of rich. But you just wrap off like eight superpowers. All right. You know what? I mean, we're done. We're gone in 30 minutes. Diana, thank you so much for for oh,
1: having me. It was so good so to good
0: talk you. And uh, let's have you back soon. This was really fun. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to put on my hat now so I, I could exit not looking as much like a uh, supervillain. There we go. That's <laughs> Great. There we go. Yeah.
1: Diana, it's thank it's you.
0: Well. Thanks, so everybody.
1: see you. Lots of love. Bye. Bye.
0: this show was presented by craft recordings thanks for joining us for gone in 30 minutes produced by laura sias i'm your host tom and we'll catch you next time